and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. We're coming to you after a 2-2 draw with Wolves in the third round of the FA Cup at Anfield. Goals from Nunes and Salah weren't enough to seal progress for the holders. Mistakes were abundant, quality was in short supply and there'll be plenty of questions about the performance in a game where the Reds played their strongest available team and are perhaps fortunate to remain in the competition. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined by TLW editor Dave Usher. Dave, this isn't what we wanted to see. We went into the game excited to see Cody Gagpo's debut, uh, hopeful of bouncing back after the Brentford game, but I spent most of this game uh, feeling pretty pissed off, borderline angry. Is that how you felt? Frustrated, I'd say, more so than angry. Uh, disheartened as well. I think it's because that's our best team, other than Virgil and, yeah, okay, Diaz, we're missing Diaz, but you're putting Gakpo in there, so it's, we're not like we're not weakened too much are we and so that's more or less our best team that we've we could put out and it was wolves reserves like mm-hmm. yeah we recognize quite a lot of their names in the team but how many of them actually play every week for them they made loads of changes and they should have won that game you know not because they were brilliant but we're just so easy to counter attack on it was just ridiculous like every time we lost the ball you're thinking, oh, fucking hell. Now what, they're just going to ball into Triori. They're going to try and run behind us. And, you know, a better team would have beaten us easily tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. Wolves were not very good and they still should have won. Um, you know, the, the disallowed goal, I think we've dodged a bullet there. Nobody seems to have any clear footage as to whether it's offside or not. And I think that's why right. they couldn't overrule the linesman. I mean, usually the linesman, they're usually good in those situations. So we probably got it right, but there's no conclusive proof. Um, you know, I think we've dodged a bullet, and I'm saying we've dodged a bullet. We're still going to go and play the, the the replay. Although I think the replay right. will be easier than tonight because I think there'll be a little bit more space in behind for us to run into. There wasn't really that many opportunities to do that tonight, and on on the odd mm-hmm. occasion we did. I mean, the first goal comes from that, um, but right. we didn't really get too many chances for for Darwin to stretch his legs, and you know it was they were defended quite deep picked us off on the break and we were just pretty clueless weren't we really we yeah. just just punctuated with like little moments of brilliance which which gets us by you know like we'll get a couple of goals I mean the, the second goals we'll get onto that later I'm sure but to me it's a scandal that that's no longer seen as offside that's that's offside but but anyway the first goal mm-hmm. I mean if you replace Darwin with Sadio in that situation like just a picture it it's like Sadio running onto that ball and scoring You'd think like, oh, you know, that's like classic Liverpool. That that's what mm-hmm. we did. That type of goal, we did that all the time. Now we've still got it in us to do it, but it's it's just sporadic now. These little moments of magic that we've become accustomed to, they're not there as much, and a lot of it's just pedestrian plod and shite, which is so yeah. easy to defend against. And you know, it, it's hard to watch. I feel like a lot of the stuff that's going our way, like both of the goals we scored tonight, and if you if you count the Leicester game as well. Like, it's not necessarily stuff that we're doing well. Like, both of our goals tonight came from mistakes. And as you say, it's a, it was the second one was a little bit fortuitous. But the first goal was like a terrible pass across the middle that yeah. comes to Trent. And fair enough, it's, it's a brilliant ball. And uh, Darwin showed some composure to put it away. He did shin it. But as you said to us in the text, it was the bit of luck that he needed. But yeah. it's not necessarily convincing, is it? It's not like we're creating all this stuff for ourselves. It's no. generally coming from the opposition being a little bit um, lackadaisical or making mistakes themselves. Yeah, which is fine because that's always going to happen. That happened when we were good and you take advantage of those situations. The problem is when that's not happening, what are we actually doing? You know, what are we creating? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's we're not creating much. 
Um, when we do create much, we tend to miss most of the chances, so that's not great. And then we're just so easy to to, to, to like to, to create chances against. It's just farcical, and I don't know what it is. And anyone who's like who, who's sitting here saying, "Oh, it's this or it's this," nobody knows. I don't even think Klopp and and, and Linders know. I don't even think they know exactly what the problem is because it's not just a case of the midfield shit. They can't run. Let's replace them. It's not just that. That obviously that is a big part of what's going on. But it's not just that. I mean, you could have like the three best midfield players in the world, the most energetic all-action midfield players in the world, and it's not stopping the first goal tonight. You know, so it's not. And the, the set pieces against Brentford, that's got nothing to do with the midfield either. I'm not saying this as any kind of like justification for our midfield and saying they're not that bad. I'm just saying it's not. If you think it's just that, you're kidding yourself because there's just more to it than that. It just doesn't look like anything's working properly at the moment. No, but in that regard, though, I think it it, it is bigger than that. But on tonight's evidence alone, it, I think it was the midfield. Like the, all three of them were shocking. Like all all three of the individual yeah. performances were really bad. Like they were slow off the pace. We couldn't get near them in transition. Fabinho especially, I thought, was like just miles away from what we expect from him. And um, they they just couldn't get near that that Wolves midfield. And every single, it, it wasn't necessarily them being bypassed. It was the fact that like they were able to quite easily pass their way around us. It wasn't like Brentford the other night where they'd pick up the ball and they'd knock it forward and all of a sudden we'd be in trouble. I thought Wolves played through us quite well tonight and not necessarily just because they were able to bypass the midfield. The midfield were a big problem tonight. I yeah, thought I, anyway. I don't I don't disagree with that. All I'm saying is there is more to it than just that, but that clearly is a big issue. Uh, with Fabinho, I, I watching Fabinho tonight and I was I was thinking like what I was going to say about him on the pod and that. And I don't think when you watch him, it's like, oh, you know, he's shit. He's like really, you know, he, he stands out like for, you know, he's he's slow and all that. It's not so much that. You know what it is? It's just, he's not what he used to be. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's not you watch him and go, fucking hell, look at the state of that. But when you used to watch him, it was like he stopped everything. You know, yeah. teams were just not getting attacked because whether it, he's never been quick, but like he was always in the right place and he was always there right. getting his foot in and he'd used the ball well and and he just looked dominant. You know, never any frills about him. He, he just did the right thing. He just did a great job and he's not doing that anymore. He does it like mm-hmm. occasionally you still see him like make a little interception or he'll hold someone off and turn and lay it off and you go, yeah, that's the Fabinho that we remember. But it was it was like that constantly. That's all. He was like that all game, every game. And he'd throw in the occasional game where he wasn't like that and it stood out like a sore thumb. Now, that, those games are pretty much every week. And they're, yeah. they're really good games. When, when was there a game where you were like, oh, Fabinho absolutely dominated that game? I, I yeah, can't even no. remember. I can't remember, to be honest. And then you combine that with, like, Henderson's not at the races at the moment. I didn't think he was good tonight. Thiago is the pick of the three, but he's not good either. He, his form's nosedived. And then Cater comes on. And, there's, there's, like, you'll get some people going, oh, look at the state of Cater losing the ball. And then others will be saying, look, he's done really well there. 
and it's a bit of both. And I, I felt a bit sorry mm-hmm. for Keita tonight because Keita comes on and like the midfield aren't doing anything creatively. And Keita is coming on and he's taking responsibility. Like I'm going to yeah, do something. Sure. So that he raised the it. energy a bit yeah, as well, it, didn't he? He raised it massively and and just like just forward runs and just trying to be positive. Mm-hmm. But that brings a risk with it. You know, he's, it's not going to work out all the time. There's going to be times <clears throat> when he loses the ball. And that's just, it's not his fault as such. It's like you're taking risks. You, you, you're not playing high percentage, safe football. You're trying to make things happen. That comes with it, like the, the high chance that occasionally you're going to lose the ball. And he does lose the ball. And like people are going, oh, okay to this. But like, what what's the alternative? He's trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need because it's all just like too safe. The forwards are getting any kind of service. When they are getting service, I'm, I'm not particularly thrilled with what I'm seeing from them either. Specifically, Mo tonight, he frustrated me a lot when the early passes on, but he's got to take like five touches and then try and beat three players and run into traffic. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. play a first time ball. There was one when Darwin's made a run and all he needs to do is just knock it around the corner and instead he rolls his studs over the ball, he looks up, he checks inside and, and, it's, and then loses the ball. It's like, fucking hell, just play the first time pass but that stands out because we're not getting that many of those opportunities and it's vital that you take advantage of them because we're not creating enough so I'm getting frustrated Mm -hmm. at Mo when really it's just it's one move that he's not really made the most of but that that he's always been like that. You know, this isn't a new thing. Mo's always been like that. The difference is he'd have ten of them situations in a game. And sure. maybe on two of them we'd score from it, and that's what you remember. And you don't remember all the times when like he's like sloppily give the ball away because he's made the wrong decision or he's tried to beat too many players. But he's not getting enough of those situations. Like tonight, I- I'm getting frustrated at Mo, and it's not really fair. No, it's it's not. He just didn't really get much service tonight. Um, I thought mm-hmm. Darwin was good with like the limited service that he got, and uh, Cody Gakpo was just pretty much neat and tidy. Looks like he's he's got good technique in that, and some of the link ups with Robbo look like it might be quite promising down the line. But he was largely just invisible, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean we we can't draw too much into that at the moment. As no. you say, he was neat and tidy, like. It, like it definitely wasn't a Torres debut, it wasn't a Sadio Mane debut, it wasn't a Stan Collymore debut. No, um, but he he did okay. I thought he played it very safe at times. Yeah, um, I would have liked to have seen him hug the touchline a little bit more. He started off quite wide, and then sort of as the as the game went on, he was more and more inside. And I felt like he kind of got lost a little bit the the more he drifted inside. But as you say, he had some he had some neat little touches. He didn't have a bad game, and obviously this isn't the game to judge judge him on because he's had like a week training with us, yeah. um, and not everybody hits the ground running like um, Luis Diaz did, for instance. But that that's definitely he, he's definitely not the the issue tonight. Um, no, no. no. In, in, I mean, in terms of um, what you were saying about Mo, I thought it was quite telling, like how much more dangerous we looked when Ben Doe came off mm-hmm. for Mo, came on for Mo. Like he he brought like a lot more energy and a, a, a sort of a lot more a little bit more pace to his game. I thought less predictable um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and he did, he I thought he did really really well. Um, and that was something that came out of the game that was really really promising. I hope we can see more of him in the weeks to come. And I think we will. With the, it'll probably perhaps even start the replay perhaps. But um, in terms of the midfield, and this is something I never thought that I'd be saying sort of a month or six weeks ago or after the Champions League final, to be honest, but I think uh, Keita has to start the next game. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I think 
I'm not saying he's the answer by any means. No. And he might start and he might be dog shit and he might be hooked at half time. But I think you've got to just have a look at him and go, well, at least he's trying to do something a little bit different. You know, but he's a bit progressive with the ball. He wants to get it forward. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a go and, and have a look at him. But the, the problem you've got there is even if he does well, he's going at the end of the season anyway. Yeah. So it's like it might help us in the short term, but it's still like it's not good that a player who's surplus to requirements might actually be better than the players that we've got. He might maybe yeah. doing a better job than, than those who are in there at the moment. Um, Do you think that's why um, Jürgen is reluctant to start him at the moment? Because usually, in our experience, any chance he gets to get Cater yeah. in the team is normally like he'll like much to our chagrin sometimes. Like he'll come back from injury and he'll go straight into the team. Do you think now that it's it's the case that because the writing's on the wall, he's definitely leaving? Klopp is reluctant to start him in games. No, I don't think it's that. I think what it is. The thing with Keita is, like, defensively, he's a bit of a liability, but he does do certain things well. He's really good winning the ball in the final third. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't win it in the final third and they bypass it, he's absolutely useless. He gives you nothing, like, in terms of running backwards, trying to win the ball back. He's great on the front foot. And Thiago's similar in that sense. Thiago's really good at, like, nipping in front of people and getting a foot in and that. But when once, once they beat that and they're away... That's where we have problems. You know, we're not we're not catching anybody once they've gone past us. And Kate's not gonna help with that whatsoever. But he will help in other areas, like in terms of when he's got the ball, he will try mm-hmm. to go past the first man, which creates space then to play the pass, instead of just getting it and laying it off. You know, we will try to just be a little bit more adventurous in that. But and when it works, it looks good, but when it doesn't and he loses the ball, it's like, oh shit, now we're in trouble. Because as soon as we yeah. lose the ball, Immediately, you just you're worried that it's just going to be two passes and that's it. They're in behind right. us. But in terms of winning the ball in the final third, perhaps that's kind of what we need a little bit. What he's able to do because yeah. when it goes past that, then those guys who are holding in are, are completely unreliable now as well. They're so easy to mm. get around. So perhaps like that could be the the first line of defense that we need a little bit like in, in a couple of situations he can do that and then Fabinho and Hendo and Thiago aren't quite as exposed as they are at the moment and like I don't want to harp on about Fabinho because I feel like I've been like mega harsh on him in the last few weeks on in the pods I've been on but do you remember a couple of years ago in the title winning season when you and I went to Burnley away yeah right and it, it wasn't a particularly it wasn't like it wasn't like his best game ever but we were behind the goal and especially in that first half it just felt like um it stood out to me because it just he just felt like this magnet that he had sort of mm-hmm. a sixth sensor but he was the the ball was just attracted he would always just be there just like just wherever the clearance came to he would be there recycling possession and we'd be on the move again and I mean, we're just going over old ground, aren't we? Well, he's not doing that anymore. He was known as the Hoover, wasn't he? Clock called him yeah. the Hoover. Now he's not the Hoover. He's like the thing that I use, like um, for me, me putting green outside. But like it's, <laughs> it's called a U bank. Like all, older people will know what it is. It's a thing got a handle that you push, and it's like got like um, wheels on the bottom and like a brush that picks stuff up. And it was what people had before Hoovers, but I can't like have a Hoover on like the the Astro Turf outside because it's weighed down with sand, so you can't use that. So when I'm getting all the shit off, I'd use this thing called a U bank, and it takes like five <laughs> times as long as it would as a Hoover. And I think I'm just going to call it Fabinho now. 
I, just, <laughs> I might just stick, just stick a number three on it or something because that's what it is. He's gone from being like the Hoover to just being a U-Bank. Yep. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, should we, should we talk about the, the first goal then, uh, the Wolves goal? Like, uh, Thiago was a little bit slack, had to sort of... Um, um, dive in to win the ball back but that's, that shouldn't be a problem right it comes to Allison, and he's got plenty of time and plenty of options and he just passes it straight to the Wolves player mm. who puts it in the back of the net like I mean he, as Jürgen said in his interview after the game he's been saving our backsides all season and as you said before we came on air we'd be in the bottom half if it wasn't for him yeah. more yeah, that's not even an exaggeration right if you look at the amount of chances no, that we've fact. given up and the amount, of, the amount of saves that he's made did you um, see so, that he's made more saves now than he did in the whole of last season, and we yeah, only played I did like see seventeen that. games. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Like, gosh, I mean, um, do you think I, w- I wanted to bring this up anyway? Now seems like a good time because it doesn't seem like a good idea to to dwell on the mistake that he made. We all know that from time to time he can dwell on the ball a little bit too much and get caught. Yeah. This wasn't that. This was just a, a, a bad pass, and we got caught out with one or down. But um, I wanted to talk to you anyway, anyway about uh, Virgil's injury. Like, did did we miss him tonight? And how big a blow is it that he's going to be out seemingly for a while? Because when I heard the news, I must admit that I kind of shrugged my shoulders a little bit. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, yeah, well, OK, well, perhaps that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, he's not playing well. If the other two or three can stay fit, then it might be good to sort of having that have the firing line for a little while. He hasn't been playing well anyway. Um, how do you see that whole situation? I don't know, to be honest, because it's easy to say... Like, oh, we'll miss him. You know, we would miss the Virgil that we know and love. Are we really going to miss the one that we've seen this season? Are we going to miss him that much? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he makes a massive difference tonight. Um, you know, based on games we've seen this season where the same things happened and he's been in the team. You know, at the Allison thing, that's like, that. that's just, it's Allison's fault. Thiago's actually done well. Yeah, he's lost the ball, but he's done a good job winning it back. Danger's over. So Thiago's part in that can just be completely dismissed for me. Dan was having a go at him in the chat saying it's like it's as much on him as as Allison and stuff. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like he, he was sloppy, he lost the ball, but he won it back. Danger's gone. Allison's got the ball. There's like there's no danger there at all. And then he just plays a bad pass. The only thing I'd say in mitigation for Allison there, I don't think Trent helped him out. Trent stood behind the player. If Trent, mm-hmm. and this this maybe comes from Trent. If if Trent's a centre back in that position, he probably drops to the goal line to make the angle to get the pass. Because you know when like goalkeepers are passed it round the six yard box from goal kicks and yeah. stuff, the two centre backs split and they'll always like drop right onto the goal line just to give them that extra room. And Trent stayed where he was, and I think he pointed like where he wanted them to play it. And Allison should have just cleared the ball. And instead, he tried to play it to Trent, and it wasn't even close to getting to him. It, the, the lad didn't even have to stretch for that ball; he just <laughs> no. passed it straight to him. It was absolutely brutal. It was a terrible, terrible pass, and that goal is on Allison. I do think that Klopp will have probably said to Trent, "Though you could have helped him out a bit more there by by dropping," but the blame is still with Allison. So I'm not excusing him in any way there, but I just think maybe if Trent drops a couple of yards, it makes it a bit easier. But, you know, you give away a goal like that and it's like, for fuck's sake, why do we just keep shooting ourselves in the foot with, like, stupid yeah. mistakes? Like, think back to the the Gomez one, like, um, 
was it against Leeds? It was Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah, at the mm-hmm. bad back pass. And, you know, we just keep yeah. doing these, like, stupid mistakes. And for all whatever people want to talk about, like, the midfield's not doing this or whatever, that's all true, but you can't be doing that. These are things that we weren't doing when we were good, and we're doing it now. And, you know, there's just mistakes creeping in all over the place. And we just look shit. It's, like, it's just so yeah. disheartening. Well, you know what yeah, we look we like now? If you think, like, the say the 30-year drought that we had... In those 30 seasons, we probably only had maybe two, maybe three seasons where we were absolutely shit. You know, we were terrible. And you're like, look, this is bad. This needs... But those, those seasons I'm not saying were generally the, no, the not, last season of a manager's yeah, reign. Yeah, I'm right, not really. saying that's where we're at now. That's, I, yeah. that's not my point. The point I'm making is... We we had a few seasons where we were awful, and you knew, like you know, the last season of Julia, last season of Rafa, um, the, the the Hodgson thing. Like we were terrible in those seasons. So mm-hmm. dismiss them, and then we had like probably maybe three seasons where we were really good and put in a title challenge. Dismiss them as well. What we're seeing now is what we've seen in all of them others. Like yeah, we, we'll we're capable of beating the best team, which we beat City at Anfield. Don't forget. And we'll lose to shite like teams like who get relegated. If you go back yeah. and over the years, the amount of relegated teams that we lost to when we were in like that spell where we were just finishing like fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, we would always lose to relegated teams. And then you look at us this year, and we got beat by Forest and Leeds. Now Forest and Leeds might both stay up, and hopefully they do, because that means it's two less places <laughs> to right. worry about with Everton. So yeah. all those teams at the bottom, I'm rooting for them all. Just every yeah. one of them, let them all finish above Everton. That'll do me. And then I don't <laughs> care who the other two spots go to. But the, the, the point that I'm making is we're now that team that we were for most of those 30 years where, like, you know, we'll win a few games and then we'll have, like, just a, a proper stinker where we lose and you don't know what to expect anymore. We're just, there's no consistency. And we're in a bad run at the moment. It's like every game that, that we've played since... The, the Villa game was okay, decent in part, but... Since we've come back from the break, we've not looked good, you know, and we'll get out of that. We will, we'll have a few good performances, we'll a couple of big wins, and then we'll lose to someone where it's just not expected. That's who we are now. And the, the question is, can we get out of that and get back to what we have been over like the last four or five years, not counting the COVID mm-hmm. season? Yeah. I don't. I honestly don't think that that's plausible at the moment. Getting back to where we were, because where we were is the best that we've ever seen. Yeah. And if you look at this now, it's just it's not realistic to think that that's something that we can get back to. Not with can the we squad. Be, no. Can we be decent again? Can we recover some form? Can we get more solid? Can we cut out the mistakes? Can we make tactical adjustments to negate the ease of playing against us? Absolutely. But in terms of like getting 90 points no, no chance no. not with this team absolutely um, so and and that's something that we all have to come to terms with as well because i feel like um there's nothing worse than being on the downslide right if you're yeah. on the other side of that hill and you know that it's going in the wrong direction i feel like i'd much rather be in like Manchester United's position than us at the moment in terms of they're definitely on an upswing. Yeah. Like I think we have I think we have better players than them. I think we have a better manager than them. I think we have a better overall system, club than them. But for them at the moment there'll be a sense that things are on the upswing and that's yeah. always in, that's always enjoyable. Like oh, you it can is. you and can then, and the, there's Arsenal as well, they were like the I think. Yeah way beyond United, but it's the same mm-hmm. thing with them. You know, they've got a young team, they're on the up. 
you know, if they don't win the league this season, there's no reason for them to think this was our chance. They'll just think we'll get better next year. We were yeah. like that. We know how that feels. That's not there now. You know, we're not on on like we're not on the up. We're on on like the slides, and you know, the slides got to be addressed. And I, I just don't know how you do it. I, I, it's mm-hmm. going to take like a lot of money. I don't know if the money's there to do it. Um, I don't know. Like at this conversation. Um, on the last part, I think it was with I think it was with Jules, and I was saying like you know when people are saying Klopp's too loyal to players or whatever, it's an easy thing to say, and it's I'm not even saying it's not true, but who are the players who like who were identifying and say well he's got to go, he's got to go, he's got to go, it's it's not that it's easy to say now yeah oh the midfield, but is it just that do they have to make decisions on other players as well? I I just don't mm. know. I wouldn't want to be making those decisions. I know that much, and maybe that's part yeah. of why Michael Edwards got off. And Julian Ward's like slinging his hook at the end of the season as well. They may have looked at it and gone, ah, this this is going to need some work. Not sure the finances are there to do it. And maybe they've just seen like the writing on the wall and thought, nah, not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going kind to of like they've sealed their reputations by helping us build this team that we've been so successful with. Especially but- Michael Edwards, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's gone out on a Precisely. high, hasn't he? Before, because yeah. it, it got to a point where most of the deals he was having to do now were like contract renewals for players who he'd signed, mm-hmm. and he didn't really want to be given like the big money to, you know. But they, they, right. it gets to a point where like Klopp's like, no, no, I want to keep my squad together. And Michael Edwards is like Henderson's a good example. Edwards, yeah. uh, by all accounts, did not want to give Henderson the contract that he got, and Klopp insisted on it because we just lost Genie, and he's like, not losing both of them, you just get that deal yeah. done. And that's where like there's going to be like problems where Klopp's going to want certain things, and the data might not back up what Klopp wants to do. And you know who knows? There's conflict there maybe with with Ward in terms of what they want to do next summer, and who knows what's going on. But clearly, it's not a particularly happy ship, you know, behind no. the scenes. Yeah, and it has been, hasn't it? That's been sort of like yeah. underpinning our success for the longest time. The fact that we've felt that it is being so well run there is harmony between the behind the scenes team the data scientists the medical team the manager the coaching staff and the guys in boston as well it's felt like you know we've been the envy of the league in terms of how well run we we are and now it does feel like okay well all the medical staff are pissed off the two most influential behind the scenes guys in terms of signing players are both one's gone the other one's going at the end of the season there is um Massive speculation about the ownership, whether they're still going to be in charge, whether they're going to sell some of the club, whether whether they're looking to sell all of the club. We've got an old squad um, that looks tired and definitely looks like its best days are behind it that needs massive work, big investment. And I don't want to say a complete rebuild, but there definitely needs to be that second sort of maybe that third go. You know, we need to we almost need we almost need to start not start over again, but get to a point where we're building and looking like we're on the up again uh it's it, there's a lot of turmoil i think and it it just doesn't really bode well nothing feels good it just feels like ugh, like a little bit it just feels a little bit iffy a little bit yeah, off it does but we are actually in a rebuild now because mm-hmm. you know you, you kind of lose sight of that a little bit when it's just dribs and drabs you know like one signing in one window and then the next window comes and we sign someone else but if you look at what we've done over the last couple of years you know you get jota coming in um canate and then darwin and uh, and Gakpo now, so you've got these players coming in to replace the old guard. Um, uh, so the the team in twelve months' time is probably going to look a lot different to the team that yeah. 
nearly won everything last year. You know, there's, there's probably going to be like half the team's going to be different. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review, and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary, and access to the members-only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Are you are you confident that if the regeneration does happen and the the players that we've already signed are supplemented by others, are you confident that we can go again and and under this leadership can um, sort of be challenging for the title again within a year or two? Um, it depends what other teams do. I don't I don't think we're gonna like scale the heights that we did with like mm-hmm. the you know ninety seven points and I don't know, how many did we get see when we won the league ninety nine wasn't it. Mm-hmm, so yeah, like a ninety-seven point season, a ninety-nine point season. We got ninety odd last year as well, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, not sure that we'll get to that level again. Might not need to get to that level if City drop off, which you know so far this season they have dropped off a bit. You know, I think like yeah. everyone's been focusing on the amount of goals that the Haaland's been scoring, and it's kind of masked that their team's not being quite what it has been. Now, yeah, they could just reel off like. 15, 16, 17 wins on a bounce. We've seen them do it before. They might do it yeah, again. They probably will. They, they might, but if they don't, mm-hmm. you know, if like if, if winning the title is like 88, 89, 90 points, maybe we could get back to that level in, in the next year or two, but hard to see it getting as good as it was. Um, mm-hmm. I think like, you know, I was saying, enjoy this while it lasts. I, I hoped it would last a little bit longer than it did. But um, yeah, I think those are the years that we're going to look back on. And you know that's the best team I've ever seen, and yeah, sure, we've dropped off from that. And that was always going to happen. And I thought I'd be okay with that, but I'm not. And and I think the reason why I'm not is because it's happened so fast. You know, yeah. like we we've just plummeted. We haven't like had a, a gradual decline. We've just gone from like almost winning everything to just looking like the, the you know the team of the nineties. Yeah, do you, I feel like that's happened quite a lot of times to us though. Like when we thought we were going to kick on under Hulier, um after the season where we almost we almost ran Arsenal down, and then it just kind of dropped off. Like the last sort of Rafa season after we pushed United really close, um, went that way as well. After we almost won the league with Rodgers, it, it kind of it does tend to happen really quickly. We feel like we're on top of the world, and then all of a sudden it, it slips away. Um, there were like more you obvious said reasons though, weren't there for them? You know, yeah. You could see like it was easy to see why that happened. I don't think it's as easy to see with this. I mean, the the Rogers team just caught lightning in a bottle that season. Right. You know, it, we almost did it. Then Suarez leaves. There's a massive hangover. You've lost your best player. Stevie's virtually on his last legs. So they were always going to fall off a cliff. Um, Rafa got close and then it's signings and like other stuff went on like playing politics and you know the Alonso mm-hmm. getting replaced by Aquilani you look things like that and you're like yeah that's where it started to go wrong and you can see why um, obviously Julia had health issues and then he mm-hmm. he signs like to youth instead of an Elker and you know that it was it was going great up until the summer when like we made those three signings you know to youth Diao and Sheru and then 
that was the <laughs> beginning of the end. That's where it just went. So you can see why, like, we we did fall off a cliff like those times. This one, it's like it wasn't supposed to be like this. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you you mentioned that, you, and you did say this a lot in your match reports and stuff that we need to enjoy this while it lasted. Do you feel like you did? Because I feel like once we reached the summit, and this is true in all walks of life. Once we reached the summit, I was less about enjoying it and I was more worried about like it going away. I felt like I was more sort of, I felt threatened by the fact that this wasn't always going to be the case. And um, and I know like last year, we when we were doing the pods, almost every week we were coming on and we were just having an absolute blast. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's not true, but I do feel like I was more worried about the fact that this wasn't going to be the case than I was focused on in enjoying it. And I, don't, I, I think that's probably not the case for you. No, I, I didn't. Um, I wasn't worried about it. It's not going to last. It wasn't a case of that. I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have done, and that. But that's completely down to the fact I felt like we were not getting what we deserved because you, you're up against a team that's just completely disregarding all the rules and nobody's talking about it. And it's like, oh, you know, Pep and City aren't they great? I'm like, yeah, but let's look at why they're great. We're doing things the right way, playing by the rules, and they're paying people off the books, making up blag sponsors that don't even exist just to fucking pump millions into the club. So that I couldn't enjoy it because of that, because I just felt cheated. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it wasn't about... I enjoyed our games. I enjoyed going to, going to the match and watching this team. I enjoyed every minute of that. Um... But I didn't get the, the full enjoyment out of it because I felt like you know we weren't getting what what this team deserved. Um, but I wasn't worried about oh this is going to come to an end and stressing out over that because I didn't think it 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 go as fast as it has. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, we've got a little bit off track. Should we sort of get back to the game for a little while? Um, we we're one nil down. Um, at, at at that point it. I felt like the crowd were getting slightly edgy. I was certainly getting edgy watching at home, quite angry and shouting at the TV and stuff. Uh, and it got to half time. We had the lifeline really. Um, it was a poor, poor crossfield ball from Collins. We've we've seen plenty of that from our own players in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, Trent ran onto it and just an unbelievable ball into like the slightest look up and an unbelievable inch perfect pass into his path and. Um, um, I mean, like they, the commentators and everybody and, and the analysts were talking about it being a great finish. I, I don't think he meant to hit it with his shin, but um, it was it was it was a composed finish. He he took it well, and uh, it's great to see one finally go in for him. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go to the finish first. Um, he obviously doesn't mean to hit it with his shin, but where I'll, I'll give him credit is he was just trying to guide it across goal. Mm-hmm. He wasn't lashing at it or anything. He was just trying to guide it. And it's sort of come off like his calf, hasn't it? Like the side of his shin, his calf. Uh, but because he was trying to just guide it, a controlled finish, uh, I give him credit for that. I think he's, he's took it well. But that is the bit of luck that he's not had. You know, how many times have we seen him absolutely fucking leather the ball, catch it as sweet as you can possibly catch it, and then it's like the keeper's tipped it over or he's at the bar or something like that. So he's yeah. had very, very little luck all season. Um, so it's about time something went his way. So, but the pass from Trent, 
like uh, people will say oh you know that's a brilliant ball but it's like I don't think like you can do it justice I don't think you can no matter what you say about it I don't think it justifies how incredible that actually is <laughs> because he's running full speed he's right. absolutely yeah. sprinting it's not like he sprints and then he slows up and he looks and he's like oh I'm going to pick out a pass he's running full speed as you say just as a little look up Darwin's got his hand in the air calling for it so he obviously sees that and then he delivers a ball that's like so perfect. Darwin doesn't break stride at all. He just carries on sprinting onto the ball and finishes. He doesn't have to adjust himself or anything because the ball lands exactly in stride. To be able to do that, uh, any player might be able to do that and it would be lucky. You know, it's quite possible that any professional footballer could deliver a ball like that, but it would be totally lucky and he could never do it again as long as he lived. Trent does that like <laughs> on a weekly basis. So Trent yeah. does that and you know that that's not lucky. That's something that Trent just does all the time. And it's so taken for granted, I think, because it, and it's only natural that you take it for granted because you just run out of things to say. You're seeing it that often and you go, oh, that's a great ball from Trent, that wasn't it? It's like, hang on, let's just go back a minute. It's way more than that. It's actually, it's unbelievable what he did there. And, you know, I made up Darwin's got his goal. I thought Trent was our best player all game, to be fair. I thought he played mm-hmm. well. Um, he defended all right, and I, I thought he was, like, really good on the ball. Um, but not many of the others played well. I thought Darwin was okay when he had the ball. I thought Robbo was all right. And other than that, I'm I'm struggling. You know, it just yeah, wasn't good. Too. The first half, I mean, you know, we started the first 10 minutes, I thought was really good because the, we were flying about the intensity was there we were flying around and they were panicking they were just kicking the ball out of play they, you know they, they couldn't string two passes together they were they looked like they were they were rocking and then the tempo just dropped we couldn't keep it up and that's the problem that we see now we've still got it in us to put these little 10 minute spells where it's like it's all high tempo high energy and and we look like ourselves we can't sustain it so it might be like 10 minutes at the start of the game usually isn't because we're usually one down in the first 10 minutes <laughs> but we'll have like a spell like there'll be 10 minutes where you're like okay we're getting on top of you like against Brentford it was 10 minutes at the start of the second half it doesn't last. We can't keep it up. Now, you can't do that for 90 minutes, and we've never really been able to do that for 90 minutes, but we'd maybe do it for 70. We're doing like 10 minutes here and then maybe 10 minutes in the second half. The intensity just is not there anymore, and that's the difference because you could see the first 10 minutes, Wolves were just, they were all at sea. They were really panicking and, and didn't know how to deal with it. And then as soon as the tempo drops, and then Wolves are able to just like, win the ball and then it's like okay bump 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 oh all of a sudden yeah we're in on goal here you know or you know we're getting mm-hmm. down the sides getting crosses in and that's where it changes is when that when that intensity drops and we just can't sustain it anymore and that's clearly it's like it's a big problem and maybe it is just the midfield but i think it's more than that i think it's just the whole team just does not press the way they did now maybe that's yeah. because unless you're all doing it it's like either one goes or none of it, you know either all go or non-go because if one goes and two stay back they're just going to play through it and we just don't seem to be able to to sustain any kind of like intensity or, or like a press at all it just it's only in flashes now whereas it used to be for the majority of the game and like the first yeah. half is a really good example of that we started really well and then just fizzled out yeah. I mean it's understandable isn't it like we, we've been saying for years on and off that the the um, the hot that the intensity of the football we play with the same personnel is 
it's possibly unsustainable and, yeah. and we've been talking for two or three years about whether this might become an issue and whether you know the chickens might come home to roost on that I, i'm not sure whether that's the case we always say this with you know i'm definitely not tactically astute enough to know that that is that's the problem or what the root of it is whether it's like the fact that people aren't being triggered at the right time or whether they just don't have the legs anymore i just don't know but yeah um you know that's uh, as you'd say it's above the pay grade but mm -hmm. um we did go in a half time one apiece fortunately i thought and then we got the lead in the second half quite fortunately as well it's 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 another goal that's not necessarily of our own doing um gakpo's best moment of the night they're cutting inside and, and and playing that nice little ball over the top mo's offside um the defender has to make a play on the ball um because he knows mo's behind him um but because of the new rule um and Mo's onside he yeah. takes it down well and just it slots it past the keeper ridiculous really because as far as I'm concerned that's, that's... yeah I, I I hate that that's not offside I know we've benefited from it but I'm just talking about the rule in general mm -hmm. I, I can't believe that that's not seen as being offside the only reason the defender plays the ball is because he knows Mo's behind him he doesn't know if Mo's offside or not because he's not got eyes in the back of his head he's not looking at the line the way a linesman would be you know, the defender's doing his job. He knows that Mo's behind him. He can't be sure that he's offside. Even if he thinks he's offside, you can't take the risk of just saying, I'm not going to head this. I'm just going to leave it. And if he scores, you know, he's offside. It's not going to count. You can't do that. You've got to do your job. And then if the player's offside, he's gained an advantage. Mo's gained an advantage by being two yards offside there. And mm -hmm. the he's not offside when the defender heads it, but the defender's only heading it because it's a forward pass aimed at Mo and he's trying to cut it out I just I, I can't believe that like people have sat in a room and said you know what we need to do with offside we, we need to you know if the defender touches it it doesn't matter if you're 10 yards offside you're not you're not classed as offside anymore it's stupid it's absolutely fucking stupid I've, I've never liked that rule the first time I remember it like seeing it and thinking what's going on here was when we played Tottenham at Anfield and Lovren's like deflected a pass that's gone through to Kane and Kane's offside mm -hmm. and they let it go and I think they got a penalty from it and I, I'm like what's got that's it's morally just wrong you know he's offside he's gaining advantage through being offside and you're saying like because it's touched the defender he's no longer offside it's bullshit it's absolute mm -hmm. bullshit and imagine if the defender just leaves that and it comes through to Mo and it's 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 a really tight call and it turns out that Mo's actually onside. Exactly, like, it's not. He fair. can't leave it, can he? No, you, it's you not can't fair. defend properly anymore. You know what are you supposed to do? Are you are you meant to just like not bother holding the line and just always go with runners all the time now, or just not try to cut out any through balls if you think someone's offside? It's stupid. Absolutely, you hate mm -hmm. that rule. Whoever came up with that rule. Should be given a season ticket at Everton and be forced to watch them every week because it's it's disgraceful. It really is. It pisses me right off. And you know, if they wants to change offside, the only thing that needs changing about offside is when a player is coming back from an offside position and he picks the ball up and he's onside when he picks it up. He shouldn't be offside then. He's not gaining an advantage right. from it. So like there was Brighton's goal against Arsenal last week that got disallowed, where the lad. He comes backwards, but he's offside. He comes back to pick the ball up. When he picks the ball up, he's got like probably six players between him and the goal. He's gained no advantage from the fact he was initially offside. And that doesn't stand. Rightly so, because that's the rule. But if they were making changes, that's what they should be changing. Not this other bullshit that they've done. And like we've benefited from that, but it still pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, and look at that. I thought, that's just morally wrong. That's not a goal. Now, having said that, really good finish. 
You know, the way he took yep. it was, was superb. Very calm finish. But, yeah, I, I don't like that that's now seen as a goal. It's not right. right. So you'd hope from that point on, having got our noses in front against a much weakened uh, Wolves side, who, I don't know if they made that bunch of substitutions. No, I think we'd scored before they made the bunch of substitutions. Um, but even, like, a couple of minutes after the goal, like, the Ike Noree kid, uh, the, I think he played, like, left midfield today. I thought yeah. he was fucking really good. Yeah, and I think we should like probably... Him. Yeah, like, uh, John Brennan mentioned him to me a few weeks ago. He's obviously had his eye on him because he's French. And... Um, Said that he, you know, he really likes him, but I hadn't noticed that. I hadn't noticed him until he scored against Everton the other yeah. week, and um, uh, he was excellent tonight. Like if we, I know we like signing players from Wolves and stuff, so um, maybe we could have a look at him in in the future. But he's clean through on goal, and he could have had a he could have um, taken a touch perhaps, but hit it first time, sort of like Darwin did the other week in that yeah. game. And uh, Allison makes the save, and then we didn't heed the warning, and we're two one down with the goal that we've already discussed. The one that sort of um, Huang goes for the ball with Kanate, comes off Kanate, and ends up going past Allison. Uh, and there's 25 minutes to go left in the game at this point, and you're just kind of wondering where it's going to go from here. Like that, I didn't really have any sense of whether we would be able to bounce back, whether we were going to go on to lose the game from there. And it turns out that we almost did lose the game. They had yeah. the, the really tight call for offside. Um, we mentioned this earlier. I think it was because we did come on air. But like, I'm I'm a little bit peeved by the outrage of the fact that there wasn't conclusive VAR evidence to say whether it was onside or offside. So you're just talking about the history of football slightly before VAR then, right? Like mm. the linesman <laughs> said it was offside and it's offside. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's the huge controversy that everybody's making it it's be just because we don't have conclusive video proof that it was offside i think the controversy is that there should be i mean if you've got that technology there how are you not sure. picking up on that you know, that's yeah. baffling to me we've been we've suffered from that ourselves though haven't we um mm-hmm. what was the game fairly recently and there was there was there wasn't like the, the there was no the cat was tottenham i think we were playing tottenham and, and the cameras didn't pick it up and they said, well, you know, we've got no VAR on that. We can't do nothing about it. And you think, well, mm-hmm. how are you not picking it up? But um, I've no idea whether it was offside or not. And, like, I've I've not seen any footage of it. Now, there should be a camera on the other side of the ground, which picks that up. But the cameras from, like, the near side where he was, none of them seem to have picked him up. Um, I'm saying cameras. I mean TV cameras. I mean, it, yeah. there's, you'd think, like, that... VAR must have access to better footage than like the, the TV have because they've got cameras everywhere. But um, I don't know if he's offside or not. The only thing I'd say is linesmen are usually pretty good with those. Right. And he's put his flag up. Now, they don't normally put the flag up unless they're pretty sure because otherwise they'll just let VAR deal with it, won't they? So, um, yeah, but it took ages, didn't it? And when it takes yeah. ages, then that's when mm-hmm. you start thinking, well, what's going on here? Like, it must be, like, really tight. And as it turned out, it wasn't particularly tight. They just didn't have any fucking cameras on them. So they right. went, oh, well, we just have to go with what the liner said then. <laughs> um, I'd be really pissed off if that if that was us. Got to be honest, I would. I'd be pissed off. It's like, well, you've, if you're bringing in the technology, at least have it, like, that it's doing its job. And it wasn't doing the job if they've not picked, if the camera's not picked up the, the lad whether he's offside or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the, the ITV did not have a clue 
because they're showing replays of it and you're looking and there's no offside anywhere. What's going on here? And they never said it was like the, the corner taker got caught. Right. Uh, they were showing all these other incidents like, well, there's no offside there and there's no offside there. What the fuck's going on? Just completely um, baffling. God. But we've dodged the ITV just shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah ITV I, shouldn't be allowed to have football, man. God. When I saw the game was on ITV today, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, you've got that Pugach asshole talking absolute bollocks in the studio the whole time. Emil Heskey, I mean, say what you want about Emil. He's not an engaging TV personality, is he? Like, I know your beef with him goes back 20-odd years, (laughs) uh, but, yeah, I don't... He's not necessarily the first name I think of when you're you're trying to get somebody to cover the game for you, but, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think Wolves can kind of feel hard done by. I didn't think the ref gave them anything tonight. I think no. we got the majority of the decisions. They they could def- legitimately walk away from this game thinking that, like, if you think about that, whether it was onside or offside, there's no conclusive proof, whatever. Um, the, the the Mo goal, uh, the decision there, it's right by the letter of the law. It's But it, morally speaking, it's not, right? Yeah. And the fact that the referee gave them absolutely nothing for the entire night. Um, they have every right to be pissed off, I think. Yeah, it's like just it wasn't any major decisions, but it was just free kicks. They'd be appealing for mm-hmm. the free kick, and he'd like wave play on, and you think mm, normally that'd be given. Um, right. But you tend to not see replays of those anyway, so you don't know if he's got it right or not. You're just basing it on your initial view, where you think that's normally a free kick, and he's not giving it. Uh, there was one like just after the disallowed goal as well, and he gave a free kick. Um, they wanted a foul on the edge of our box, and he waved it away. And then there was a little bit of contact like as the players coming back to try and win the ball back and he gave us the free kick for it. He actually should have played the advantage because we were away and he blew, he brought it back for a free kick to us. But their fans are like doing a knock because they thought they should have had a free kick. And then he just right. gives a soft one for like yeah. not like like about two seconds later. So yeah, I can see why they'd be hard done by, but nah, fuck Wolves. The fans with the <laughs> banter match and with singing the national anthem in England and all that. Yeah. They're just the along with Villa, they're just the worst kind of banter merchant. When's the replay? Do you know? Do we know? I don't yet? know. Is it, but like... it would have made sense to do it this week. I know it's not, but yeah, yeah. we've got a free week and I think Wolves are out the cup, aren't they? So uh, out the League Cup. So they'd have a free week as well, I think. So it would have made right. sense to do it like maybe this Wednesday or something, but no, I think it might be the week after. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, not the most positive. We won't have any injured players back for it, will we? The, the injuries no. are not coming back anytime soon. What's going on with Bobby, man? Well, that's weird because unless I dreamt this, which and it is possible that I, I dreamt this, but like <laughs> I'm sure I read quotes from him where he said. Um, He'd spoke to Talksport or something, which this is where I'm thinking it might be a dream. Because why would Bobby be talking to Talksport? <laughs> yeah. But I seen a report and it said like Firmino told Talksport that uh, I think he was talking about Pele. That's why he must have been on. He must have been talking about Pele. That would make sense. And he was obviously asked about his like fitness, and he said uh, back in training I won't be right for the next game, which was Leicester. He said, but the one after that I'll play, which was Brentford, like the following Monday. And he's still not even in training, so I don't know what's going yeah. on. But when that happens and Klopp said, oh, you know, um, not serious, you know, he'll miss, like, one or two games, I actually said on here, didn't I, so we can rule him out for a month because that's <laughs> right. always like that. It's like whenever you've got someone and he's supposed to be... Even with Virgil, when Virgil went off and he said it's, it's nothing, you know, he's felt something, but we're not worried. And then a couple of days later, yeah, he's going to be out for weeks. 
It's like it just seems to happen all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like either they don't know or they just want to break it to us in stages rather yeah. than just give us the bad news straight away and go, yeah, look, he's out for two months. It's like, oh, it's not too bad. Oh, it's a bit worse than we first thought. And then it's like, yeah, it's going to be like eight weeks. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Bobby. And then there's also been talk that he's uh, supposed to be going to like the team that Ronaldo's just signed for as well. They're supposed to be oh, in for no. him. So, you know, who knows? I, I don't think he... he I don't think we'd let him go in January anyway. No. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I suppose. I don't think a, a devout man of God would be, like Bobby is, would be up for that, to be honest. But, um, we, I mean, we could use him at the moment. He was a bright spark for us in the first half of the season. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he had his, he was in his best form for a couple of years, yeah. and he was looking really good, and he was scoring goals, and his finishing was great, and he was looking closer to his old self again. It's just yeah. a fucking bummer, man. It's just like these constant little blows. It's like, fuck's sake, why can't we catch a break? I know. Um, and it would help as well uh, with, you know, if, if Bobby's giving you the option to play nine, then you can put Darwin out on the left for a bit and mm-hmm. just switch things around a bit. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm happy with Darwin in the middle, but... I have liked what I've seen from him on the left as well. So it would be nice to have yeah. that the, the rotation option there and the ability to just change things in games. I mean, what did you make of the, like the the subs today like that with 5 minutes to go and and he made those changes, you know, because it was pretty big cause taking off like Trent and Mo yeah, um, and Gakpo going off was like I'm surprised he, he was on as long as he, he was. I you know, was as well. New yeah. signings tend to get like 70 minutes or something, don't they? So that was a bit of a surprise. But, you know, the game's still in the balance. You don't have to worry about extra time. It's like, you know, there's only five minutes left. And he brings on like Harvey and Ben... Do- no, Harvey was on earlier, wasn't he? Um, Not much earlier, though. Yes, it was Joe Gomez, Ben Doak yeah. and Ox coming yeah. on. And I thought, that's a big call, making those changes. I actually think like we did... Pretty well, where you know, with when when those changes yeah. were made, I thought Joe Gomez was like really positive, getting himself forward, getting involved. Uh, Doke was lively. Uh, Ox was yeah. Did, won't really won't really say too much about that. Ox was Ox, just didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I mean, I, from from my perspective, I just think that it, it must. He must have felt that that was going to give us the opportunity to switch things up a bit and win the game because I know that he would much he would much rather have won the game tonight than it wasn't just a case of like getting these players off because they played 85 minutes you know like he yeah. would he would much rather win this game tonight and get it over and done with than you know have to play the replay that's what I mean though it's like it's a pretty big call like you're trying to win the game yeah. when you're taking off Trent and Mo uh-huh. um, it was a little bit surprising to me but as, yeah. as I say like it turned out okay I thought like the right hand side was um quite dangerous for us that's where most of our attacks were coming from late on I thought like Harvey did alright as well you know he, he got involved on the right we yeah. some nice little moves down there uh, it would have been nice if Doak could have just bent that one in with the outside of his foot though wouldn't yeah. it yeah just a little more just he needed yeah. like a little bit more a little bit more bend on it but yeah, he he's definitely got something straight, hasn't he wasn't he but yeah definitely I mean I'd, I'd tell you what I thought was like quite surprising like watching him when he come on today it was like whenever he re- received the ball he was using his left foot all the time when he was dribbling. Now he's right-footed yeah. and he normally goes on the outside, but most of his touches he was he was using his left foot, like, and you don't normally see that. So I don't know whether that's like, you know, maybe if he's doing that, it fills the other team into thinking, oh, you know, he's left-footed, he might be cutting in there, and then he just goes on the outside on his right foot, like, but or he's just really two-footed, which would be nice if he's like a Luis Garcia type. 
where he's just completely two-footed. I mean, yeah. Luis Garcia used to just take corners with either foot. And like, that always, <laughs> I'm so impressed when I see that. Ryan Kent was always like that as well at the academy. I, I remember just being blown away watching Ryan Kent taking corners from either side. And he'd just go like left foot on one side in swinger. Then he'd go the other side, right foot in swinger. And it was just on the money every time. Because there's just not many players are capable of doing that with both feet. Yeah. I mean, it is it is pretty cool to think that he only turned 17, like... Um, t- um, two months ago, yeah. So definitely want to see more than him, and that that could end up being one of the bright sparks of the season if we do end up seeing more than him, and he he contributes in the way that he has in the game so far. It's a bit of a shame that we were drawn against City earlier in the League Cup, and it's it, it's it'll be quite nice if we can get through this replay because it gives us an opportunity to get more looks at him. Yeah, and um, get a lower league you know, team, get through and get a lower league team, and then. Bajetic can play, Bendo can play with just like a sprinkling of like senior players as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you okay, think we'll get through though? Are you backing us mm-hmm. to, to win the replay? No, because I'm not really backing us to beat anybody at the moment. I don't feel confident going into any of the games, and especially I don't feel confident going into Brighton next weekend. I don't feel confident about Brighton, but I do think that we'll we'll win the replay. Yeah. But yeah, I Brighton, so. I mean, Brighton worries me massively because yeah. they just look a really good side any time I watch them. Yeah. I and mean, they've given I mean, us loads of problems as well, haven't they? Always. Mm. I mean, tonight we um, we conceded four and tests, but Wolves had the ball in the net three times and they've had they had the ball in the net three times all season before tonight. Like, yeah. barely. They, they just like, can't score, can they? And they found it quite easy against us tonight. Scored three, could have, or had the ball in the net three times, could have had more. But should we talk about Brighton for. A few minutes before we go off, because I feel like, are you are you looking at that game and thinking, just don't lose? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm expecting us to lose, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We always have trouble against them anyway. They're a good side and they're, they're like kryptonite to us. Just the yeah. way they play, whatever it is they do, we struggle to deal with that. Um, and I watched them against Arsenal, and. For spells in that game, Arsenal looked brilliant and it like depressingly so. I was watching them going, fucking hell, this just reminds me of us a few years ago. But it wasn't like that for the whole game. And Brighton had like spells in that game where they were on top and playing great football, creating chances. And it wasn't a one-sided game, even though Arsenal looked like they were running away with it. Brighton really gave a good account of themselves. And the goal that gets disallowed which gets it would have got it back to 4-3 with like a couple of minutes plus stoppage time. I think if that had stood, I think they'd have equalised because they yeah. just had Arsenal completely on the ropes. And it's just so impressive to watch because there's no like particular great player when you watch them. It's not like, like say if you watch Spurs, it's like it's all about Harry Kane. You're like, oh, he's amazing. Brighton have just got like a really good team. They just play, you know, a, a style of football that's like easy on the eye. And it's effective, and you know the only thing that's been lacking with them is like they just don't convert enough chances compared to the, the ones they create. Yeah. But they've been scoring pretty regularly this season. They um, scored five today. Did they? Yeah. Who were they playing yeah. today? They beat Middlesbrough five-one. Middlesbrough's been today. doing well as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's not that much difference between the, the Wolves team and the Middlesbrough team in terms of like being very at the you know the bottom end of the Premier League yeah. and in the playoffs and the Championship. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not unless I don't know if Middlesbrough didn't put out their full team or whatever, but they won five one at Middlesbrough. McAllister scored two. Um, Adam Lallana scored. So, you know, if, if if they're solving that problem and they're putting the ball in the net, then they're yeah. a much bigger threat to us than they. And they put four already past Everton as well. 
right. ably assisted by Everton in some cases. I mean, that, that, that yeah. fourth goal, honestly, I've, in all my years watching football, I've never seen a back pass as bad as that. <laughs> you would swear he's done it deliberately. Yeah. It's so bad. It's like, how is that even possible to underhit a back pass by that much? And not even just underhit it, but like the angle that he played it as well. It's just, it was utterly bizarre. Uh, but that's one of the funniest goals I've seen in ages because, like, the back pass is just unbelievable. And then as the lad runs through, Pickford comes out and takes out Tarkovsky as the time to yeah. deal with it. It's just a comedy of errors. But yeah, um, yeah I, I put that game on at 4-0. I wasn't watching it and like I heard it was 4-0. I was like, oh, fucking hell, I've got to stick, got find a stream and stick this on just just because I wanted to see the crowd reaction. But like what was left of them, I mean, loads of them had got off at that point. Uh, so I watched like the last 20 minutes of it and they didn't score again, but they just looked like totally in control really impressive know what they're doing they moved the ball around well uh, well organised and I thought they might have had a drop off after after Graham Potter left because I thought he was doing a brilliant job there but the, yeah. the, the new fella's done well for them so it's going to be a tough game for us the way we're playing there's no reason to think that we'll go there and win but it goes back to what I was saying before about like all those years when we were just like finishing like 5th, 6th, 4th whatever um, we would have these games where, like, we'll go there and play really well, and you know, so we are capable of going there and winning quite convincingly. I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we will, and I do fear the worst. But if like we could just have a game where like every shot Darwin hits flies in, you know, Mo could be clinical and we could hit them on the break. I think a lot of it with us now is that we've got to get in front because we're pretty good when we're in the lead. I mean, we've blown the lead sure. today when we got to two one. Um. But that's what we've we've got to get in that situation where we're ahead and then we can counter-attack a bit and, and use the pace on the break. Too often, we're having to chase games where teams are sitting back in against us and, and we just haven't got the you know the guile to, to break them down anymore. It's like mm-hmm. the, all we've really got is like get it to Trent and hope that he picks somebody out. You know, that's right. our only real creative outlet at the moment. It's like, yeah, let maybe Trent will put a brilliant ball in and we'll score from it. Whereas if you get in front and you can counter-attack a bit. I think that will suit us, but the problem with that is you've actually got to get in front, and we're not doing it enough. Right. Yeah, I mean Villa was the prime example of that, right? Like that's the game that we we got in front against them, and then um, we were we two nil up, and then we were able to pick them off on the break and everything, and we end up getting the third goal from that, and it ends up looking like a lot more convincing win than it actually was on the balance of play. So um, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the key, and um, hopefully we can do that and then use that as a springboard uh, next Saturday a rare Saturday 3pm kickoff no mm. game in the week uh, which is nice I mean in terms of the team there's not really much you can say really it's just, it's just like who's standing who's able to play we're not going to be able to make that many changes we've already talked about maybe bringing Cater in um, I'm not sure whether Costas plays instead of Robbo. Um, I probably Robbo not with the week break. Though. Yeah, I did too. No, I was I worried about whether he was going to play because of the. Um, I mean, he looked like he got hurt. Was it the other night that he got that he came off? No, it wasn't. It was against um, Leicester that he went off. It looked yeah. like he was hurt, wasn't it? And he was fine. So um, there's not that ma- that, that um, many changes we can make. And Costas hasn't been great this season, to be fair. No, like, no, he hasn't. He's definitely dropped off from what he was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we, I think we're kind of seeing what he perhaps really is. Um, yeah, it's hard though when he's it's like stop start. He's yeah, he's coming off the bench in one game and then he'll get the occasional start. It's hard to get any kind of rhythm. But 
last year he was really impressive. This year he's just he still he hasn't been shit. He's still had like some decent games, but he was bad in the last match. Yeah. Uh, yeah so definitely. yeah, I just uh, I don't think he he's pushing Robbo for a place. I think Robbo was like last year he was. You know, when Robbo yeah. didn't play, you didn't feel like there was any significant drop off. Now I feel like there probably is. In terms of the leadership on the field as well, perhaps yeah. like I think we need Robbo out there at the moment. We need his experience and we need his fight and we need his like grit um, to get us through this tough period. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we we sign off for tonight? I think we've kind of gone into some decent detail on the game. And, yeah, there's nothing um, nothing springs to mind. I just um, yeah. want to just try and forget about it now. At least we've got yeah. a week off where we don't have to worry too much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it felt like this time last year that we couldn't wait for the next game, and now it's like how how quickly it changes. But um, it's not enjoyable well, we to watch. Do you know no, the only thing I, I look forward to about our games is like what's Darwin going to do? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do look forward to watching yeah. him. I'm not looking forward to watching our games at the moment, and I really thought I would be after the break. I thought, yeah, you know, fresh start, let's get going again, and we've come back and we've just like had a massive shit in the bed, haven't we? And it's like, yeah. Ugh. I feel like we're worse, if anything, than we were before. Yeah, it looks that but, way. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's hope for some some better times ahead, starting on Saturday against Brighton. Just I think everybody would be feeling a, a lot better if we had a nice, solid away win yeah. against a good team. Um, and we can start building from there. Chelsea the week after, I think it is, at home. They're shit. So I feel like we could we could do something against them. They're in, they're in an equally problematic situation. So let's just get that... Uh, win under our belt against Brighton next weekend um, look forward to the Chelsea game then Real Madrid as well like there are a lot of big games coming up and things the momentum could switch very quickly and let's just hope that we can uh, summon some stuff within ourselves and rediscover some of the uh, the form that we know we're capable of yeah fingers yep. crossed alright nice one man okay well um, not what we wanted tonight um, there's, there'll be another try in a week or so um, hopefully we can continue the defence of the FA Cup um, Dave and the boys will be back after Brighton on Saturday, but until then, we'll catch you soon.